Welcome once again to the Lucky Mojo Food and Root Work Hour, brought to you by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. I am your announcer, Evan Lionheart of readingsbyevan.com from New Jersey. And in just a moment, we'll be joined by our co-host, Catherine Ironwood of luckymojo.com in Forestville, California, Conjurman of Conjurman Consulting in Mission Viejo, California, and this week's special guest, Dr. Jeremy Weiss of templeofmerriam.com in Seattle, Washington, bringing us today's topic of spells for your children's success. They will take your calls and offer advice to address, ameliorate, and remediate your questions and problems about love, money, career, and spiritual protection using traditional African-American folk magic practices of hoodoo, conjure, or root work as divined and prescribed by the greatest spiritual hoodooists of our time. You can learn a lot just by listening, but if you're selected from among those who signed up at the Lucky Mojo Forum at forums.luckymojo.com and called into the show, then you'll be on the air and receive a free consultation. We'll be going to the phones in just a moment, but first let's catch up with our co-host, Catherine Ironwood and Conjurman. Ms. Kat? Hi. Nice to hear you, Evan, and welcome to all. I have a real quick comment to my darling husband. Um, You don't have the, on my Facebook page, you haven't put the show on it. Just saying. (laughs) I usually make a comment on my Facebook page when we go live saying, hey, we're live and on the air, come join us. And there's no place to put that comment. (laughs) So. I will leave that to you, my dear. Well, things here are going pretty well. Um, we've been having a cool weather. With pre-show, we were talking with Conjurman Ali, and he's out here in California where we are too, and he says it's chilly and he's all wrapped up. I've got my little heater on, so I think we've officially entered winter. Um, things are cooking along. We have a couple of interesting new things going on at the shop and uh, at the Lucky Mojo shop. We have a um, a new, well, it isn't online yet. Now, maybe I shouldn't say it, but it'll be online by, you know, by the end of this week. You know, tarot card decks cost a lot of money, and people who are just learning tarot always go, well, gosh, where can I just get a cheap deck? And there used to be that that um, Dollar Tree, Dollar Tarot, you know, it was a dollar. <laughs> well, we found one that's um, not a dollar, but it's, a lot cheaper than any of the um, ones from Llewellyn or U.S. Games, and we're going to be offering it as a, you know, just a, a cheap beginner's tarot. Strip down, you get it, enjoy it. And um, so I'm very happy to have found those. we got five cases of them, and I think that it's the kind of thing that if you are teaching tarot, you might want. Like I said, it's about, going to be about half the price of any other tarot deck on the market. So that's one kind of new thing that we're we're going to be putting out. And I also got a a request from a longtime friend and client for a particular oil. And I haven't um, added a new oil to our lines in at least three years. And she came up with this, well, she didn't come up with it. She saw this oil, um, specific need that she had. And I said, you know, I can make that and I can design that and I'll design a label. So look for an announcement within the next four weeks of... um, of a new oil from us with thanks to our customers for their request. And 
the other new thing is that um, our good friends at Redwood Witchery are now carrying Lucky Mojo oil. So there's a lot of places that carry Lucky Mojo oils. Madame Pamita, um, oh my gosh, um, Serpent's Kiss, um, my, my mind is blanking, Next Millennium. A lot of places all around the country carry Lucky Mojo oils. But this is a new vendor, and um, the uh, Redwood Witchery sells through Etsy. And um, yesterday, they said they just put a couple of, you know, a few Lucky Mojo oils up and um, told me about it. And I said, you know, let me just uh, let me just advertise that on uh, the Lucky Mojo Facebook page, and I'll advertise it on my Facebook profile. And, um, oh, my gosh, uh, she said her page blew up. All of a sudden, she had requests from all over um, because she's located right across the river from us, and she's able to come and pick up stuff here if, if we've got it. And um, she's got this Etsy shop. So Redwood Witchery, if you want to know about that, uh, is carrying Lucky Mojo Oils. They have a Facebook page, and if you make a request, um, just go to their Facebook page and send them a message, and they will try to handle um, everything through their Etsy shop for you. So that's that's my news, I guess. A little bit of a, of a, of a week of new things. So um, how are you doing, uh, Conjurman Ollie? What's up in your world? I'm doing well. Busy as, as usual. The holiday season is upon us, and so clients are clamoring for work and readings. Um, but it's been interesting. I've been doing a lot of, in the past week in particular, uh, love readings and love work. Uh, a two in particular stood out. One, we did some uh, root work to find this person's uh, you know, ideal partner and, and, and whatnot. And I just got news, I think this morning, yeah, just this morning that they uh, connected with somebody uh, that fits all the parameters. So we're very excited about it, but we, we're not, you know, we're not sealing the deal yet. We're just saying, okay, this is optimi- cautiously and optimistically positive. Let's uh, see where this goes. So early signs are very good in that regard, which I'm always happy to see when people find their, their ideal partner. So they just met this person. They're starting in the start of talking stage. They're going on a couple of virtual dates right now. Uh, so now it's all about strategizing how to do a positive date online. So we've been doing wow. lots of interesting work with oils and scents and background, making sure there's certain talismanic objects in the background, uh, wearing certain colors and whatnot. I also just uh, received word. We did a I did an astrological reading for a client about marriage work. They were very worried. Were they going to ever going to get married? And there's this particular interesting technique in astrology where you combine the Ferdaria, which is a sort of planetary rulers, with transits, and it can get you to almost the exact date when something will happen. Uh, and I told her, I said, oh, it's going to be end of November, probably around uh, the, the 18th or, or 19th. Turns out it was the 21st. So the 21st, I get an email from her, and she's like, you're never going to believe it, but literally a day after the predicted date, uh, Wow. I met this guy. So it's been a, it's that's, been a, week that's of, cool. a week of love connections, I call it. Well, you know, I've, I've been having a strange um, last week of readings. For some reason, I had readings from many people not in America, some in America, but all around the world. 
And um, I went through um, a period of, oh, uh, gosh, several sequential days in which every day there was something about COVID-19. I talked to an Australian person whose entire family was in lockdown. Be, and some were in the hospital. They had had a family get-together, and it had been one of those um, things they shouldn't have done. <laughs> and they were all sick. That wasn't why the the client called. The client had scheduled the call before, but it was just odd to hear that other people wanting to know if people are going to live or die. It's still very grim out there in terms of, of COVID. I've also um, been getting a lot of clients who are feeling a great sense of relief at the way the election went, and yeah, yet they yeah. are worried. And um, and some people have asked me to, you know, do a prediction for them on, you know, what's what's upcoming. You know, will Trump leave office and so forth? And you know, every every astrologer and every reader has different um, predictions. You'll find yeah. out which one comes true. <laughs> but um, they, they can always but, tune into our uh, episode from last week. Yeah, our episode from last week. We did talk about that. So. Yeah, this has been a real um, interesting time um, as a reader. And I've been on uh, Hoodoo hoodoo Psychics quite a lot. And I'm I'm thinking about um, spending even... I've already upped my Hoodoo Psychics um, hours, and now I'm probably going to up my days because I really enjoy it a lot. So that's... um, But I'll tell you, these love um, clients, I think that... um, that that love in the time of COVID is going to go down in history as something very strange, very strange. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Questions that people have about that. Yep, yep. All right. Well, um, let's bring on our special guest and former announcer, Dr. Jeremy Weiss. Uh, welcome to the show, Jeremy. Hello. How are you? How are you? How all of you? It's so great. Well. I- it's absolutely, I have to tell you, it's absolutely terrifying to be on this. And Evan, will you switch with me? Swap out. Let's swap out, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, uh, I, I, you have been a wonderful announcer on the show. And I know you always said you were, you know, felt like, wow, you know, I'd rather be an announcer than a guest. Um but yeah, I don't think I think you're going to have to stick it out as a guest here. It's just nice <laughs> to hear from you. What's going on where you are up in the Pacific Northwest? Oh, my goodness. Um well, uh you know, fall all the leaves have already changed. We've we uh we wound down after the Hoodoo Heritage Festival and I sent out all the uh, uh supplemental boxes and items that finally arrived. Fall uh, has come, and all the colors of the leaves are are changing. And we have been going crazy here at the Temple of Miriam doing candle services. And uh, we have a giveaway going on where I am giving away a $375 amulet bowl, um, one of my candle and glass amulet bowls. And we have an Instagram account and a Discord uh, forum and, like, all sorts of – I've just thrown myself into my work. So that's what's been going on here. It's been busy. Wow. Well, uh, um, this is a a nice opportunity for you to type into the chat some of the URLs for some of those um, (laughs) – 
I mean, if you're interested in social media, here's the place to type. So you said you have a, a Discord going and Instagram, and um, and you also have a forum going? Well, wow. just, no, no, the Discord. That's the, just the Discord. Oh, the Discord is functioning as a forum. I see. Yeah, it's a well, social forum. It's, it's a social forum. You know, well, it's yeah. more are social. Okay. Well, <laughs> there, there you go. You it, typed them all in. It's a little bit. I, I, I would say that the Lucky Mojo, uh, the you know, the, the forum is where it's at, and it's a, a fucking you know, the, the resources there are are great. This is, mm-hmm. you know, like what you do at three in the morning if you're like looking to have a chit chat with someone. It's a little bit different. It's kind of like, it's kind of like a forum meets Zoom, uh, mm-hmm. or Facebook meets Zoom. It's kind of neat. Cool. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, I see. And here's a uh, here's a uh, Evan has just posted join Dr. Jeremy's Discord group here and a URL too long to read out loud, but it's there. Okay, great. It's all in the chat, folks. It's all in the chat. You just look it up, and you'll get all those those links. All right. Um, well, uh, Shiva says there is a Discord of Thalema folks. Oh, okay. I'm sure there is. Um, and I also hope you do drop by the Lucky Mojo forum sometimes, uh, Jeremy. There is a thread with your name in it. Um, and you can use that thread to post those links if you wanted to, because it's a thread all about you. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh. Come by and say hi. Uh, 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 all right. Well, um, let's get to our topic. So uh, today we're talking about um, spells for the success of children. Now, we've done shows before on spells for the protection of children, and I think we may have done way years ago. We did something on success for children. But as mm-hmm, usual, I'd like mm-hmm. to. Yeah, you remember that too, Ali? It was a long time ago. I do. Probably yeah. a a whole new generation of children have been born since then. <laughs> so, so um, I'm going to just introduce this topic like I always do, and then we'll just get into our panel discussion. So, spells for the success of children. Uh, come in a number of flavors. Of course, there is protection, and that's important. And then there is success socially. There is success in testing or school. And there's, of course, no reason to give up on your children just because they grow up. There's still uh, spells for the success of your children in business when they you know, open their own hot dog stand or whatever they're going to be doing. So uh, the idea of parents, and I'm going to be pretty blunt here, it's mostly mothers, but, you know, just the way it is. Um, doing spells for the protection of children goes back a long, long ways, and you can find it in old, you know, classical spells that were dug up out of graveyards and translated from ancient languages. The spells for the protection of children that I know that are most universal and found around the world involve physical protection of children through their clothing. And having said that, I'm going to turn this over to Jeremy, and then we'll all jump in with some spells, and we'll talk about different types. And uh, So take it away, Jeremy. <laughs> well, sure. Um, well, you know, uh, uh, protection is, of course, primary concern in, I think, most cultures because the newborn is, is very fragile. 
and and it's felt generally, I think, across many cultures that children are highly vulnerable to spiritual attack, and a great deal of cultures give considerable thought and energy, I think, um, to protecting children against, you know, demons, witchcraft, uh, 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 evil spirits, uh, and you're right, um, you know, alterations of clothing and amulets mm-hmm. um, uh, are one of those ways for sure. But I can, I can think of um, the, even the, the, you know, the ritual circumcision itself was a protect was considered to be protective against demonic attack against Lilith. So really mm-hmm. maybe it might that if that I mean that's almost as old as wearing you know clothing you know or or, or it's pretty old too and that would be mm-hmm. body modification. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is an interesting one to think about. I never really thought about it but a lot of cultures do do uh, modifications as children reach uh, of age uh, and tattooing and things like that. Mm-hmm. Most of these practices, a lot of those practices, physical practices, I think, uh, aren't done as frequently anymore. Yeah. Now, protection is, you know, the ba- you know, if the child doesn't survive, uh, you can't wish for its success. But let's let's move beyond protection into success. So some of the things that um, when you talk about the success of children, when they're young, one of the things that people look for is do they make their marks? In other words, do they learn mm-hmm. to crawl at an appropriate time? Do they learn to speak at an appropriate time? Do they learn to read and write at, a, at an age-appropriate time? And of course, can they take up a trade if you you know if you have a family trade at an appropriate time? So success is often measured by those means. And I will tell you one spell I was taught: if a child doesn't learn how to talk at what would be seem to be an appropriate age, you can take the tongue of any bird. Usually, it would be a chicken. I mean, because those are easily to hand and people frequently butcher them for um, meals. You can take the tongue of any bird and you lay it underneath the tongue of the child. And um, then you tell them to swallow it whole. And that will give them a more fluid speech. Very old spell. Wow. (laughs) That struck everybody dumb. Nobody said anything. It's quite stunning. We're all speechless. <laughs> cat got our tongue. Ah! <laughs> Miss Cat got our tongue. So, well, we can go on. We can go on from there. Um, there are uh, spells to um, to encourage children to walk and uh, be more mobile, crawl, be more mobile. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And these usually involve, um, we call them spells as a sort of as an anthropological thing, but you could also call them religious tricks. And one of them that I was taught by an older Catholic uh, person was that St. Anne, and I hope I got this right because I'm not a Catholic, St. Anne is the mother of the Virgin Mary. So if you want your child to uh, 
um, learn to uh, stand up or talk or whatever, you pray to St. Anne. You don't pray to the Virgin Mary. Because even the Virgin Mary had to be taught to stand and walk by, by her mother. And so St. Anne, I guess I, I would think of her as sort of the the grandmother saint, is is um, asked for that favor. Have you ever all heard that one? I haven't heard uh, that one, but I... I I I have, you know, the this the idea of reaching milestones is, is very interesting to me, and I I see that um, in uh, the folklore of Adams County, um, Hyatt records a, a, a spell, a, a spell I say a ritual which I started laughing when I read, which is um, to spank your child. Uh, on you know their birthday, so that they'll they'll grow plus one. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, it says slap, mm-hmm. I think. And mm-hmm. I thought back, oh my gosh, I didn't realize that that's where that comes from. You know that 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 was a <laughs> right and one to grow on. You always hit that. <laughs> Nobody does it anymore because now I remember you know birthdays. Everybody would you know all the kids would want to smack each other. It's not so popular today. Not... <laughs> Well, you know, it's funny because we just think of these little phrases, you know, and one to grow on, and you just go, "What's all that about?" But of course, it is a magic. It never occurred to me that's a, that is a magic spell. Yeah. yeah, yeah, one to grow on, exactly. Mm-hmm. Oh, and Nagashiva gives one from his family, and I've heard this from um, uh, Anglo-Irish, Anglo-Scottish, and Anglo-Anglo families, and a pinch to grow an inch. Oh. Mm. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, yeah. That was never in my family, but I certainly heard it said. Um, that's oh, really good. That's domestic there's magic. A, there's a there's a particular working that I was taught uh, for helping children to walk. That's very easy. You take angelical root and you brew it into a tea, and you wash the feet of the child, and you recite Psalm thirty-seven twenty-three. The steps of a man are established by the Lord, and He delights in His ways. This is for if a child is not walking or there's a certain delay there, um, you wash mm-hmm. the feet and then you pray over it. And it's supposed to be done in increments of nine. So you do it over nine days um, or you do it over nine weeks or something along those lines, increments of nine. And it will help the child to take their first steps. Okay. And that is, say it again, Psalms 37 verse 23. Ah, there it is. Verse what? Twenty-three. Okay, Psalms twenty-seven or thirty-seven. No, I'm confused. It's all right. Psalm thirty-seven, verse twenty-three. The steps of a man are established okay. by Got the it. Lord, and He delights in His way. Great. Okay. Wow. That's that's very nice. Very nice. Um, that's a new one on me. See, we we, we hear all these little. You know, odd ones. Now, I know one of them I've told many times, and I'll tell it again, because like I said, there's always new children being born and new parents who didn't tune into that old show because they weren't thinking that they were going to be parents. And that is to uh, dress your child's head with um, crown of success oil. Um, Mm -hmm. And uh, you just put a little bit on your fingers, and you just go over to the child, and you just say, "Here, let me let me smooth your hair down, or let me fluff your hair up, or whatever it is you do with your child's hair." Um, 
and you you put that in and you just pray for the you know may all your works be crowned with success it's a good thing to do on days when testing is happening and mm-hmm. you can also mm-hmm. on days when testing is happening you can also use king solomon wisdom oil there is an overlap a bit of an overlap between those two oils not much but enough that they work well together and uh, if you wanted to make a custom oil for the success of your child, you would do well to take um, Crown of Success and King Solomon Wisdom and mix them. And I would mix them at the rate of, which well, is just me, I'd mix them three-fourths Crown of Success and one-fourth King Solomon Wisdom. Except on test days, I might make them half and half. That's just me. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, put that in your child's hair. Uh, you can also um, use the bath crystals of those in the laundry when doing the child's clothing and uh, put it in the rinse water so that the clothes have that crown of success and um, and uh, King Solomon wisdom mixed into the clothing. Anybody have well, another one? Uh, yeah, you could do that actually. Um, well, in, in, in many religious Jewish uh, households, Every Friday, we bless the children. The children of the family are blessed. And mm-hmm. uh, during that action, you, uh, the adults place their hands on the he- heads of the children, and you mm-hmm. could anoint them with the oil that we were just discussing mm-hmm. at that time. That's right. Um, uh, some of these spells, that you know, you think as um, the idea of anointing the child's hair definitely is African-American, probably comes from an African origin. And it's interesting to see how far that, you know, spread as people left Africa, that still is part of Mm -hmm. what is done in, um, uh, you know, the Middle East. And then, as you know, as you go farther north, there is a little bit of it, but it's not as central. I think probably in Europe there are still people who will do that though to give a child a blessing but they usually do it when sending the child away. They don't do it on a regular basis is what I'm saying. They're mm-hmm. not blessing their children once a week. Um, and uh, Yeah, I knew, a, well, I knew a parent that did it that did it before school every every morning. They would gather an yes. employee right in the beginning by the door where they also kept the family bible and a couple images of angels little uh, ceramic angels, black angels that they had named for each one of their children uh, that would be placed right in the front for protection. But before they stepped out of the house, they would take holy oil into their hands and place it on their child's head, pray, stroke. So every day, it was not even just a weekly Mm -hmm. thing, it was a daily thing because I'm sending my child out into the world and I want them to be Mm -hmm. safe and successful. Yeah, to me, that was a daily thing also. Um, yeah. Uh, and it, but it's sending. It's when you send them away, you want to make sure that you've put a blessing on them. Now, there's a, a, a kind of a social aspect to this that I think is important when talking about a child's success. You can't just do a generalized thing. You know, I want my child to get straight A grades and get into a good college and things. But you also want to think about what that child's interests are. And, you know, we all know give a child a toy that may be educational or, if, you know, whatever the child likes. This is a way to also work with the child's success. Uh, and we think of things as 
playthings, you know, like, oh, I'm going to, this child is interested in cooking. I'm going to get them a little baking set or whatever it might be. But mm-hmm. those those things are preparations for success. And your prayers over them will make them, you know, more effective. If you have a child who's interested in psychic phenomenon, for instance, um, you can actually start by teaching a young child all about things like numerology, astrology, card reading, as a kid, and they will grow into the success of it. The same is true, of course, if they want to be a baseball player or if they you know, want to um, learn how to become a gardener. And so getting children tools and for themselves is real important in g- gaining their path to success. And I always say if you know how to do it, teach them yourself. And if you don't know how to do it, find someone who will teach them. But when you buy those tools, you know, whether it's going to be the you know, the tennis racket or the trowel or whether it's going to be books, you should put some magical uh, stuff on those. You should fix, dress, or anoint those tools that you give to the child. Now, uh, we all know, but again, there's always people who don't know, uh, don't put oils on paper. Don't put oils on cloth. It'll just stain it. But um, but do put um, uh, bath crystals in the laundry. You can use sachet powders on paper and tap it off. And you can use any kind of um, uh, an amulet or charm that you dress with oil. You know, hi, honey, I got you a cute little bracelet and necklace set. But it actually is about success. And this doesn't mean, that when I say jewelry, it doesn't mean, oh, now that child is going to have to win a beauty pageant. Most children like to wear a little piece of jewelry. And if you give a child um, something useful, like socks, they might go, oh, man, socks, you know. <laughs> but those socks can have, um, you know, be used in foot track magic. And if you give a child rocks and you say, here's some fascinating minerals from some other part of the world, many kids will keep those rocks. And those rocks, those minerals have meanings. You know, is it quartz? Or is it labradorite? Is it ruby and fuchsite? Um, I would tell. The- I'm going to jump in there. I'm going to jump in here you, you, and say uh, because you, you've been touching on something that I just I, I'm so excited about. Um, mm-hmm. Both jewelry and rocks, you, uh, mm-hmm. or minerals. So for both angles, you could get them uh, red coral mm-hmm. and a white flint for business mm-hmm. success. So red coral of course, for um, protection against evil eye is mm-hmm. very uh, traditional, mm-hmm. and uh, white flint for, for success and prosperity. So those would be wow. some good choices to anoint. That's a great. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's exactly the kind of thing. And kids kids remember these things. If you take them out to a rock shop and let them pick what they want and tell them what the meanings of those are, They'll they'll keep those. I, you'd be surprised. I still have a quartz crystal that I got when I was four. I picked it up mm. off the ground. I still have it. So you know, I maybe I'm unusual, but 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 there are ways for uh, the imbuing of energy into those energetic crystals and stones. If you 
want a, a list of what the stones and, and how to use them. Very cheap, simple book, beginner's book, basic book. Try Crystal Magic by John St. Germain. It's a $9 book, and it will give you a list of the stones, also colors, also um, ways of using those stones. Any grandparent or parent should think about that because most children do like to the idea of collecting things. You know, speaking of grandparents and rituals, you got me thinking earlier um, uh, about that. And I I agree with you. I think that the more family members really that participate in uh, blessing the child, be it for success or, or mental health or peace or love, uh, or happiness, or health, um, or protection, uh, you know, the more the better. But And I also like this idea of it being a ritual, um, like Conderman Ali said that he knew someone that did it daily, and in Jewish tradition we do it weekly. But imagine from the perspective, we also do something else. We, we, we have many parents whisper like a secret blessing to their child uh, on Fridays, on, on the Sabbath. And it might be hmm. something that they've admired about their child or something that was funny or something that happened in the last week or some, something special that was illustrative of a particular, you know, good characteristic maybe. And now imagine that you're a child and you're growing up in this household and weekly uh, all the members of the household come and sneak up to you and sit and bless you and say what they appreciated about you. That is really uh, transformative magic right there. That is, mm-hmm. for me, you know, what you talk about comes reality, you know, that sort of thing. What I say, you know, becomes reality, abracadabra. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I I like the idea of um, different family members secretly approaching the child. That's a that's a very powerful because you don't know what a kid's going to remember, but they often will remember those odd little things. Another thing that I would do for the success of a child, because I am a diviner, I would work out the numerology of the child's name before naming them. <laughs> Um, if that's just me, I'll just, just take a step back here. Before the child, you have the idea of shall we have a child? And if we're going to get pregnant, what are we going to name the child? And if there are things in your family that are strengths, for instance, say your family, you know, just really has a, a lot of people in your family who are world travelers, or maybe your family has a lot of people in that family who are typesetters. Who knows what it is? The family has this. Work out the name of the child to be appropriate to the occupation you think the child might undertake. Also Mm -hmm. consider making the middle name severable and the first and last names without the middle name working out to a good occupation uh, number, because otherwise you're going to end up with someone like me who ended up changing my name. And um, now, therefore, I can't honor my mother and father through my name, but I had to change my name because it just didn't work for me uh, numerologically. Once I learned numerology Mm -hmm. at the age of eight, I knew that I'd have to change my name. It was pretty obvious. So 
that's a good thing. You can go to a numerologist and have it done. It can. You don't have to say, I want my child to enter the banking business, so I'm going to give my child a banker's numerological name. But think about what goes on in your family, just from the standpoint of heredity and and family inclination. It's a good idea to give a number that goes along with the other numbers. Mm-hmm, it, it, you know, mm-hmm. changing changing your name actually is another magical um, tradition that was mm-hmm. used uh, for children uh, mm-hmm. to who were sick from demonic caused illness uh, was to change their name to hide them from the demon or hide them, you know, uh, from the attacking entity. So uh, there you go. It all circles back. Mm-hmm. You had to change your name. <laughs> Evan, Evan just wrote something very funny in the chat room. He wrote, banker's name, Chester Melvin. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can also, I, I mean, one of the things that, that's important is that you can do very esoteric traditions about, you know, ensuring a child's success. But there's also mundane things that you can do. One of the things that we do in my family, and we learned this actually um, from our neighbors, is blessing the school supplies. Blessing school mm-hmm. supplies ensures that the child is successful. So there's a whole ritual of, you know, first day of school, you get the list of what you need for school. Teachers tell you you need to put this many books, you need this many pens, mm-hmm. you need some type of paper. And so you go out with your kids to Staples or whatever, Office Depot mm-hmm. or whatnot, and you do the whole ritual of you shopping. And it's very exciting for kids. They, they pick out – I remember I had to do it. I loved going school supply shopping. I'm a nerd, but I loved it, right? You go and you pick your, your favorite notebook and your favorite pen, and you get on, you collect all that stuff. But then when you get back home, you pray over the items, and in particular, you pay rate pray over the pencils and pens. And this is an opportunity for a parent who is spiritually inclined to use, for example, blessing oil. Very lightly, you don't want to make the pen so greasy that no one can hold it. But you want to dab just maybe a little bit on the end of it, and you pray over it to ensure that they are successful in the school so that everything that they write, everything that they do, that they have some spiritual help with. So you can make that a yearly ritual and incorporate kids to do it. Incorporate them not only in selecting those supplies, but in praying over those supplies with you as a family to ensure that they are successful throughout the school year. Mm-hmm. That's a good That's one. Great. You know, another yeah. another one might is uh, is a, is about role models. You know, um, and one of the blessings that we that we do, um, you know, like on Fridays, right? Uh, is may God make you like you know Sarah, Rebecca, Rachel, and Leah. You would say, you know, those are the four matrix. But you can throw in other people. Like, well, there's nothing wrong with saying, you know, um, Jose, you know, uh, Gregorio Hernandez, right? Mm-hmm. You, you, you know, mm-hmm. pick the traits of the people who you want your children, the tra- those traits that you want them to have and adopt, right? And emulate. That's what I'm. Yeah to emulate mm-hmm. you know may you be as smart as Einstein and as you know funny as you know uh, have hair like Phyllis Dill- wait a minute not hair like Phyllis Dill- <laughs> <laughs> that well might be a you curse. know that's, that's a there's a practical aspect to that too in that um it also when children are young they don't realize how 
how big the world is or how long it has existed or mm-hmm. who has lived in it. And by naming names like that, you know, may may you be as you know brave and wise as Frederick Douglass. Um, they're going to go, well, who's Frederick Douglass? And then that's going to give them sort of an idea about what the world is and what can be done in the world and how you can mm-hmm. do that. Also, I think that another thing for the success of your children is to have uh, some sort of connection to the ancestors. So this could be mm-hmm. just a a little um, a scrap album with pictures of, you know, Auntie Carrie when she was a little girl in um, Birmingham, Alabama, or it could be, um, you know, a, a family tree. It, it, a lot of children, are they're not ready for the entire, you know, family tree, but they might, you know, having pictures, well, I always love this picture of so-and-so when they were your age, and then you show them the picture. And if they Mm -hmm. are allowed to see those pictures, especially if the pictures are up on the wall or on the mantelpiece, not, you know, not a hundred pictures all framed and looking like something like Crate and Barrel would have sold you with generic pictures in it. Um, but you know, you can make your make your own little family altar with, with photos and photo frames. And it really gives the child a feeling um if the child begins to talk about a certain ancestor, oh well I, I think I look like so and so. Tell them about that person, um and how they and what how good they were, what they did. Because we are, after all, not just spirit beings, we are human beings and like any animal, we have DNA that comes from our ancestors. Mm-hmm. So the ancestors may be called upon to provide spiritual protection and spiritual blessings and also to provide skills. You know, oh, mm-hmm. you have the you have the three dimensional mapping skill that belonged to your grandfather and great grandfather. You know, mm-hmm. and um, that's a blessing that was given, but it also shows a path to success. I remember telling this to my child, and she said, what do you mean, three-dimensional mapping skill? What are you talking about? And she goes, I don't have that. And I said, yes, you do. And and I, I said, you know, just imagine, you know, learning chemistry and, you know, the Tinker Toy models and of, of you know, chemicals. And she goes, yeah, yeah, so what? And I said, well, imagine that you shrink yourself down to the size of the Tinker Toys and you're walking around and then you unscrew some of the Tinker Toys and put them together another way. And she goes, well, everybody can do that. (laughs) She said, no, actually, not everyone can do that, but your grandfather could and your great-grandfather could and I can and now you can. So there's a path to success for you, three-dimensional mapping skills. And as it turned out, she became a laparoscopic surgeon. Oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> whereas, whereas my father had been um, a petroleum geologist, and his father had been an inventor who invented locks. Now, think about what mm. do they have in common? Locks, petroleum geology, whatever the heck it is I do, um, you know, with book publishing and so forth, and then um, laparoscopic surgery. It, it's all three-dimensional interior mapping skills. So mm-hmm. teach your children what the ancestors have done. 
Yeah, yeah. And teach the ancestral spiritual traditions as well. Raise your children mm-hmm. in, in the traditions of your family. If it's eclectic, it's eclectic. If it's Jewish, it's Jewish. If it's Islamic, it's, mm-hmm. it's Christian. Mm-hmm. Teaching them, mm-hmm. for example, one very important thing is prayers. Teaching them prayers, mm-hmm. memorizing those prayers, and telling them to pray that before they go to bed or praying with them before they go to bed. Teaching them to recite it should they fear fear or should they be afraid of a test or whatnot. Uh, it's very important. So, like, for example, Isaiah 41.10 was a very common prayer growing up in the African-American community. So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous hand. I remember the first time one of my friends, Jay, was kind of whispering, what are you whispering? And he said it out loud. I'm like, what mm-hmm. is that? And he told me, oh, it's says Isaiah 41.10. My, my grandma taught me to, to recite it. Or Psalm 37.4, delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Psalm 23, also very common to be memorized by kids. For those that grew up in the Muslim household, Surah Fatiha is like the first surah that everyone learns. And it's something that grounds them in a spiritual tradition, but also gives them spiritual tools so that they can recite prayer should they need it, whether it's before a test or whether they're doing something dangerous or they're afraid. They learn to pray. So teaching your children to pray from a young age is very, very important to their spiritual success, but also their material success. I don't know how many times I've had to teach clients to pray, and that's because they weren't taught to pray as children. They don't understand Mm -hmm. what prayer actually is. Um, Mm -hmm. And so teaching your children from a young age the power of prayer. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go to another one that kind of gets to um, protection but also goes to success, is palmistry. If you, um, there are many ways to do palmistry. The uh, the older um, South Asian Indian slash quote Gypsy Roma Bohemian whatever style is to read one palm. But there's another style that's more common in um, in European traditions, which is to read both palms. And you take the dominant hand of the person, and that is their palm, and the um, the non-dominant hand is their ancestral hand. And I read palms that way. I was taught how to do that up in Yakima, Washington, by a woman named Sally. And so when you read someone's palms, and of course children's palms are not fully formed. You know, the lines on our hands are always changing. But take a look and compare the left palm and the right palm. And if you can, as a palmist, Get the mother's and father's palms, too, because just like with generational astrology, you will see things in the palm that will be um, followed through. And I'm just going to give you one example. There's a little wrinkly ring on the uh, at the base of the index finger called the Ring of Solomon. Not, not mm-hmm. all that many people have it. And if you have it, you have it. If you don't, you don't. And you're going to be looking at your hand right now. I don't know what she's talking about. That's because you don't have it. But if you have it, you go, oh, yeah, that thing, because you've got it. All right, so the Ring of Solomon um, is named after King Solomon's ability to speak to animals. He had a ring that he put it on his index finger. He could speak to animals. But if a person has that, they can speak to animals. And so I have had tremendous success as a palmist when I see that if I see it on the right hand and the left hand, let's say the person is right-handed, and I say, oh, you have some connection with animals, don't you? You can talk to animals. You can." They go, yeah, yeah, I can kind of talk to them. I can always hear what they're thinking. Yeah, yeah. And I said, well, this comes from your family, too. And um, you can see this. I said, was there anyone in your family who, like, 
you know, broke horses or did some animal training. And they go, oh, yeah, yeah, my grandfather was a, you know, a jockey or whatever. And so you can see that it ran in the family. And if you find that on a child, you can really give them a strong sense of belonging to an ancestral tradition. There are other things, the healer's line. There are many, you know, Mm -hmm. if you have to be a palmist to know what I'm talking about. But um, these lines on the hand, the fate line is another. Not everybody has a fate line. But if there's a fate line on the on the ancestral hand and not on the child's hand, you can almost tell that child's going to drop off the family tree. But if it has a if the child has a really strong fate line on his individual hand and the there's a weak, broken or crooked fate line on the ancestral hand, you know that child is going to do better than their ancestors did. They're going to make more of an impression in the world uh, than their ancestors did. So you can tell them that even as very young children. Mm, very cool. I love that linking, linking them to their ancestral line, linking them and comparing, saying, "Hey, you, your ancestors could speak to animals. So can you." That's really cool. It helps mm-hmm. the ground children, right? It helps to give them a sense of where they're coming from and where they're going. Because remember, kids are experimenting. They're trying to find out who they are in this big, vast world. So giving them that that type of spiritual grounding is, is beautiful. And I think Nagashiva mentioned something in the chat that would go so well with what you mentioned, and that is the passing on of heirlooms. So if you're going to tell them about their ancestors, if you're going to tell them about their ancestral traditions, passing on an heirloom that they can carry with them, this was your great-grandpa's ring, this was your your great-grandmother's locket or whatnot, make sure you keep it Mm -hmm. safe. That's a way of really connecting them to their past and their ancestors. Yes, and especially since our topic here is success, connecting them to the success of those ancestors. Um, I have a question yep, yep. now for Evan, um, and I think and it scrolled up above in the chat, but Evan said he has uh, rings of Solomon on both uh, hands. Is that true, Evan? Did you just say uh, that? Yeah. I'm, <laughs> if I'm looking at my hands correctly, yeah, I have a, a ring right below my right index and my left index. And were there people in your family who were known to be animal trainers? Um, well, <laughs> we have had a long history of animals. I mean, we've had at least four generations of cats. <laughs> As you know, I have my bees mm-hmm. that I kind of take care of. And I mean, I've I've had yep. instances where I've been out in the woods and that's like, you know, conversed with with well, creatures. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you got you have something there. See, um I would I would try Very to find cool. out um, you know, what what they did with animals. Not just, you know, not just maybe a pet cat, but like did they train them? Did they work with animals? Sometimes that thing that those rings really show a family trait that other families literally have none of. They go, I don't even know what you're talking about, right? <laughs> so, Oh, cool. uh, con- <laughs> Thank you. Congratulations. That's that's a very unusual thing to have on um on both hands. Yeah. A little bit of live <laughs> palmistry here at the Lucky Mojo. Well there's nothing really there's nothing quite like, you know, the radio palmistry show of the air. <laughs> oh that, that's so cool. <laughs> It's as, it's just as crazy as ventriloquism on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> you can't see it, but I'm, my mouth isn't moving, and I'm reading your hands right now. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't if you don't watch out, I'll read your tea leaves too. Uh, 
All, All right. right. Well, getting back, okay, getting back to the success of children. So part of this is knowing what the child's skills will be. Another thing that is useful for the success of children, we were talking about ancestors, is ancestral dirt. And um, I would say that that is something to keep around. If you had a, an illustri- illustrious ancestor or a very successful ancestor, that ancestor as dirt from their grave could be used in any kind of spell for the child. There's also the idea of uh, uh, training and teaching a child in the ways of what the ancestor ate. For instance, um, this dish, I'm going to prepare this dish, and this dish was your great-grandmother's favorite dish. And then show them the photo, you know, and they will start to connect with their ancestors to these very simple things. The ancestor spirits will then protect and guide and train them and help them move forward. Oh, that's great. That's great. And also dishes are a great way of ensuring success. We've talked about things like anointing. We've talked about blessing the physical body, but you can also ensure in your cooking that you are you're blessing your children, including bay leaves in your cooking, for example. Uh, pray to over sugar. A very common uh, use of, of sugar magic or sweetening magic. People have heard of the honey jar, but the kind of collective sugar that's placed on the table, which has a petition placed at the bottom for the success of the family to keep everyone happy and blessed and one on. Everyone uses that sugar when they're putting it in their cereal or in their coffee or in their tea. That's not just to keep the family sweet to one another. You can also create one so that their words are sweet, that wherever they go, that their words are persuasive and they're heard, so that they are successful out there in the world. A very common tactic was to wrap a petition paper, or and this is a Virginian contra, wrap a petition paper around a vanilla bean stalk and place it at the bottom of a sugar jar. And then everyone would mm-hmm. kind of go about their day and use that sugar. And then you just refill it, stir it, pray over it so that everyone's words would be sweet both to one another, but also when they were out in the world and people would listen to them and hear them. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, that's a good one. Another one, and I've mentioned it recently in another context, but it does go to this too, which is the lucky bay leaf in the, in the stew there should be mm-hmm. one bay leaf in the stew at least. And in, in my um, family, there were two branches of my family and one branch of the family. The, the food was served or the marinara sauce was served or whatever. And you, whoever got the bay leaf was the lucky person and got to lick it off and suck, the, suck it off and then put the bay leaf on the edge of their plate. But in the other branch of my family, my, my other grandmother, she cooked and she licked off the bay leaf herself because she wanted all the luck for herself and she served the stew with no bay leaf in it. <laughs> but those those kinds of things are, are um, good traditions to pass on to children. The um, There's another um, an herb. We were talking about some herbs here. Motherwort mm-hmm, is an herb mm-hmm, that's yeah. used to protect children. Wart is a, a funny word to most modern people. It's an old Anglo-Saxon word, W-O-R-T, and it means root. So mother root would be the name of it. Mother wart. Another one is flax seed, which is a very mild laxative, and uh, it's used for the health of children. There's a number of mildly laxative plants that are concerned with health on the idea that, well, let's start your health regime by getting you regular again. But flax seed is um, used a lot in packets for the protection of children and also for their success. And, of course, uh, roots like 
John the Conqueror are more likely to be used once a child, um, or Queen Elizabeth Root, once a child reaches an age of sexuality. I wouldn't be giving John the Conqueror Root to a little five-year-old boy on his way to kindergarten. I don't think that's right. It just doesn't feel Mm -hmm. right to Mm -hmm. me. But as they get older, of course, they're going to want such a thing. And, um, you know, so those kind of have a more of of an adult idea behind them. There's um, a couple of other roots that are uh, and, and herbs that are used um, for the health, you know, for health, and they can also be used for success. I like to use jasmine, which is used for dreams. But if a child mm-hmm. has a spiritual inclination, I would get them, you know, I would have some jasmine so that they can receive the dreams of the ancestors and the dreams of whatever it is that they need to hear and see. If they're not spiritually inclined, I wouldn't include jasmine. But I'm looking at herbs that would be going forward with what they want to do. If they, for instance, come from a musical family and they play instruments, then I would use five-finger grass in any kind of mojo I made for the child Mm -hmm. because five-finger grass is for the success of your five fingers. So think about what you use for success and think about what the child's inclination is. Because we don't yet, the child hasn't made a decision. There they may be five, they may be seven, they may be ten. Are they mm-hmm. going to become a guitarist or are they going to become a, a computer coder? You don't know yet. But try to put in something for each of those that, that run in the family and you'll be running a good chance of getting them on the right path to success. Yeah, rosemary is another really good one, which is used for both protection of children, obeying your mother. Uh, so it's got a good mm-hmm. little element of there of, keep, of having obedient children. But it's used for sharpness of the mind. It's a very old remedy that was used for schools, for learning, a little bit of rosemary to keep the mind sharp, a little bit of rosemary to make you successful in all your educational endeavors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good one. That's very, very good. Rosemary is for remembrance, as they say. And uh, so it helps it helps strengthen the memory. And I would also uh, tell folks that if you want to do um, coin magic, and I'm a very great believer in using coins, um, when you give a child a purse or a wallet or anything like that, it's an old, old tradition found in many cultures. You must not give it to them empty. You must give it to them with a coin in it or they'll never have money. And so I was, in my family, you were usually given, there was a a little zipper coin pouch inside the purse, and some of them there would be a flat, these were girls' purses, there would be a flat area for bills or papers or something like that. And so when I was given a purse, and I was given a purse every year as a gift, and, um, you know, to coordinate with my clothes or whatever, and there was always a coin in it and always a dollar bill. And so that's a way of um, giving the child a magically imbued purse or wallet. All right. Well, we could have gone on for another two or three hours. (laughs) But here's our music. So we're going to go to our readings now. So take it away, Evan. Yep. Stay tuned. The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Root Work Hour with your host, Catherine Ironwood, Conjurman, and this week's special guest, Dr. Jeremy Weiss will be right back. Support for this program is provided by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and located online at luckymojo.com, and by the Association of Independent Readers and Root Workers, AIR, a directory of ethical and authentic conjure practitioners 
located online at readersandrootworkers.org. And by the Crystal Silence League, a free online prayer service of the Association of Independent Spiritual Churches, located online at crystalsilenceleague.org. Now it's time to go to the phones and talk to our clients. Our client today is Serena, calling from one of my favorite states, Arizona, area code 480. Are you there? Yep, I'm here. Hey, thank you for joining us and letting us take care of your situation today. Um, As per your uh, questionnaire, you reported that you have not had a reading with either Catherine Ironwood or Contraman. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. Excellent. Thank you so much. I'm going to read a brief synopsis and turn it over to our host. Our, uh, sorry, one year ago, my beloved 24-year-old brother unexpectedly passed away from overdose. I'm so sorry. My life has sort of stopped since then, and now that I've got my bearings, I want to know whether or not it's a good time to go back to school. I'm a Latina, dirtbag liberal, and spiritual teacher, and I want to know if 2021 is a good time for school, or if I'm juggling too much with clients and should wait. I'm a Scorpio rising, Capricorn sun, moon, and Libra. Turning it over to you, Ms. Kat. All right. Well, I'm going to do the first reading. Jeremy will do the second reading. And then Contra and Ali will give you some root work advice based on those readings. All right? So um, thanks for telling us your astrological uh, data. You are a Capricorn sun, uh, moon in Libra. So you are one of the people, and if you are a reader, you may have heard about some of the astrological stresses occurring in Capricorn lately. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> that's not, that's not, was a very patient yes. <laughs> um, so you know that this has been a hard time and it's still continuing to be a hard time for, Cap, for those of the Capricorn persuasion. Also, um, there's been some, some issues in the Aries-Libra axis, and it's just basically the cardinal signs are not having a lot of fun. Scorpio rising, hey, it's okay. <laughs> so I liked it. it. was interesting to me that you put Scorpio rising first because but um so about how old are you i'm 30 30 all right oh my gosh so you've just coming through your saturn return on top of all of this nonsense yes oh (laughs) poor baby god wow uh uh, wow it doesn't get (laughs) any yeah it's oh my gosh um Wow, and I'm so sorry, and your brother, oh, that's just, uh, you, you've really been, I can see why you say your life sort of stopped. <laughs> that's just terrible. Well, but you are a reader, so you know a little bit about this. All right, so you ask, is this a good time to go back to school? Will 2021 be better? So I'm going to just read with the Rider-Waite um, tarot cards. This is a three-card cut. Card number one is a very good card. It's the Magician. So it tells me that you are now entering a time when you can do something about this. This is a time of the use of the mind and the willpower. Magician is about willpower. Above, there is the red roses, which uh, stand for love. Below, the white lilies and red roses. And uh, this is a person who is manifesting a garden in front of him from what he wants. He has the four elements, earth, air, fire, and water, in the form of the four card suits, the wands, swords, cups, and uh, coins. 
And he holds a hand up and brings power down, and then he makes a command on the earth. So this is very good a year for you spiritually. It's also not a bad card for intellectual study, but it really says that this is a year where you're beginning to use, you will begin to use your personal power. Um, Mm -hmm. The next card is a card of balance, and this is the card uh, called justice. So we have two trumps in a row. And justice and the two people facing us forward, and they both are in nature. They're not on a stage. So there's sort of a pattern here developing. Justice is uh, probably uh, relates uh, more to that um, Libra moon. And it causes me to ask, what will you be studying in school? Uh, women and gender studies. Women and gender studies. Okay, because this card is a card of what we call equality. Right? It's a card of justice. Mm-hmm. So I think if it's if it's women and gender studies, that aspect of it is emphasized here, equality. Um, the, mm-hmm. the, the lady holds a sword, which is to say the law, right, and also protection. And she also holds a balance beam scale, and she says equality. Right? Mm-hmm. So I don't see this as um, as being anything that's going to be a difficult year for you. In particular, with this card, I would say you um, can be a person of influence to those who want to learn about, you know, what the old Chinese communist phrase was, women hold up half the sky. Um, Mm -hmm. This is a good card, and and especially if you enter into things from the standpoint of seeking fairness, seeking equality. The third card is a card of exploration, and it is the Page of Wands. So here we have a young woman, the Princess of Wands, walking out into the desert holding a a surveyor's staff. She has a feather in her cap. The feather in her cap represents an award or an accolade that she has won. So your career and your life will go on if you get those accolades and awards. That's going to be important for you to have some kind of a certification or um, you know, recognition for what you have done as you go out into the world and do more. Now, you also said that um, you are a spiritual teacher. So may I ask, what do you teach? Predominantly, it has um, evolved into shadow work. And right now, I'm working with a mentor who has sort of taken me under her wing. And I I would like to combine my study of tarot with this kind of work. I see. All right. Well, I'm going to, because um, I did a three-card cut, and it was primarily about is this a good time to go back to school? And um, that was the actual original question. Mm -hmm. And you're asking if I'm juggling too much with clients. So do you read Tarot for people professionally? I have just started this year, so yes. Okay. So I'm going to ask another question. I'm just going to pull one more card on that. Um, that Because the school stuff looks really good. Really good. Mm -hmm. The question is, will the school interfere with, you know, the work that you're doing spiritually? Mm -hmm. 
And the answer I have here is the Three of Pentacles. Now, the Three of Pentacles is a card of people building a church, and there is no coins involved. It's called pentacles or coins or gold, but there are no coins. Instead, everything is made in the service of a spiritual goal. There's a uh, monk, an architect, and a stonemason. So I would say that at this time that the spiritual work might well be done for the sake of spirituality more than for profit. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's always there waiting if you wish to use it for profit, but it seems to me that something here calls out to be done just for the sake of, of helping people and that the academic work may be m- more where your career is going to go in the immediate future. Okay, so that's my response. All right, so let's turn this over to Jeremy. Hi there, how are you doing? I'm doing well, how are you? I'm I'm fabulous, I'm fabulous, and I'm so (laughs) glad to meet you. I have a little bit of a different method to use, not uh, a a traditional tarot reading. Um, Miss Kat's tarot readings and her astrology readings are fantastic. I am going to do a bibliomancy reading because that's my specialty. So um, while you were uh, guys were talking, I of course had a little bit of time to myself. So I worked on the first part of of your question. Um, your question: uh, Should I go back to school? Is this a good time to go back to school? And then what I did was I have a bag with the uh, little discs in them, with each of which are marked with the name of one of the seven prophetesses. And I reached in, and as I reached in, I pulled out one, and when I pulled out one, it was Deborah. Now, Deborah's an interesting prophetess because um, she was a super hard, crazy hard worker, I would say. Um, it, it, you know, it would be, I was like, it would be interesting to have gotten like uh, 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 Esther or uh, who is more of a, a queen or, or a prima, you know, uh, you know, she was a hard worker also, but we got, we got Deborah. And what's interesting about Deborah is, was that she was really multifaceted. She was a judge. She was a general. She was a businesswoman. She was doing, she owned like different, or she was doing all sorts of things all at once. And, and I think that's what you're doing. You're talking a little bit about uh, uh, this juggling, which I think is very appropriate for uh, Deborah to have stepped forward and identified herself as your prophetess. So uh, then I asked your question. And as I asked her question, I rubbed my hands over uh, Deborah. She has a, a, her own table or chart, and, and I got w- one of the numbers, and that referred me to a table, and that table referred me to two different biblical scriptures, okay? Mm-hmm. So the, you ready for the answer? Should I go back to school? I'm going to read them. Are you ready? Yes, <laughs> Okay, okay. All right. The first is Deuteronomy 33, 3. So, so it's, it's chapter 33, verse 3. Indeed, he loves his people, all his holy ones, 
are in his hands, they follow in his steps and accept accept his teaching. They accept his teaching. And the next one I got is even kind of really hammers it home is uh, Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 1, which is uh, says, these are the commands, decrees, and regulations that the Lord your God commanded me to teach you. And teach is highlighted. You must obey them in the land and you are about to enter and occupy. And this section is actually called a call for a wholehearted commitment. Hmm. So I slightly disagree with Miss Cat in the sense that I think that 2021 is going to be a hard year for everyone. It's going to be mm-hmm. hard. I don't think it's going to be particularly like I think you're transitioning out of all of these things that have happened, but now we're talking about a year where you can regroup. You nobody you can learn from home. You can go back to, to school, essentially, and you can hole up and take the first part, you know, first, first bit of this year and, and sort of knuckle down and recommit to focus and education. I mean, it's both of those say accept the teaching. So I say go for it. Go for it. Yeah, I don't. I think you may have misinterpreted what I said because I didn't say don't go for it. I said no, you oh, will no, get you certification. Said go for it. You said go. For yeah, yeah, it. yeah. What I yeah, what I, I was said only was, disagreeing about about 2021. Uh, it's still going to be difficult, and I was not difficult. Even, I, I hear what yeah. you're saying. Yeah, I was saying it's going to be a time of restoration of balance. But yeah, what I'm what I'm also interested in is the idea of trying to juggle these two careers. And um, what what you're saying is that there's this is going to be very the the uh, teaching the school stuff is going to be very important possibly the um, committing as you said uh, recommitting yourself to education yeah 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 I think those readings were were very uh, in line yeah mm-hmm. so, yeah so. I, well let's turn this over go ahead I'm sorry. Sorry, I, I will say um, I know it, it's a bit of a confusing question, but I have um, six planets in Capricorn in my third house, so yes. I tend to be very Geministic about things yeah. and um, <laughs> get confused. Yeah, well, then this, this whole thing has been kind of really sitting on all your planets. That's a hard road yeah. to hold. Well, let's turn this over to Ollie, and he's going to give you some root work advice. So a couple things. First and foremost, just I wanted to clarify, you're going back for your bachelor's, is that correct? Yes, that's correct. Okay, and have you applied to schools already, or you haven't applied yet? I've applied and got accepted. I'm likely going to be going to ASU and be doing it online from home. Oh, fantastic. Okay, so a couple things. First, I highly, highly recommend that you get an astrological reading. I tell this to everyone who's coming out of their Saturn return, but doubly so with you with all that going on in your third house. You want to kind of forecast 
what the year is going to come. So highly recommend that. Two, just a sort of practical thing, and Doc Murphy spoke to this. Doc Murphy is a fellow academic. Um, the There's a good news. The good news is that most schools are still going to be online next year. That's the reality of it. And the good news of that means that there's some flexibility when it comes to your life. The problem is that gender mm-hmm. and sexuality is also being cut departmentally nationwide. And so this is a really rough year to get into that particular major. So what we're mm-hmm. going to do is we're going to give root work advice that are going to help to address and ameliorate those real, real differences while giving you the opportunity to be successful. We're going to start off with a bath. And this bath is going to help to deal with some of the hurt, the blocks, the weird transits that you've been dealing with, you know, the suffering of losing your, your, your brother, which I'm so sorry to hear about. Um, you can you. use this as many times as you'd like, but you want to start off first with it to kind of heal the heart. Get yourself some rue, basil, and bay leaf. Brew this into a tea. Then add a splash of Florida water. Florida water will kind of make it fragrant. It will kind of make it a cloudy. Stir it around and bathe in this. Let yourself air dry and dispose of the used bath water off of your property at running water. Repeat this as many times as you'd like, but start when the moon is waning to remove all this kind of hurt and pain. Then when the moon is in Libra, we want to work with Libra. This is the balance that Miss Cat was talking about. I think that she really hit the nail on the head with that. We want to work with that balance. I want you to craft for yourself a lamp. Get yourself the second pentacle of Jupiter. You can buy the Hoodoo Jukebox, which has all the pentacles and all the images you can need. You can just purchase the second pentacle of Jupiter. You can print it off online, whichever you prefer. Take the second pentacle of Jupiter, which is for clarity of mind, but also, and tranquility, but also brings success. And on the back, you're going to write your petition. Place this into the well of the lamp, along with five-finger grass, bay leaf, a small pyrite, a small lodestone, deer's tongue, Add a couple drops of Crown of Success oil, your fuel, and light this oil. Pray over it. By light of this lamp, you are going to create your mojo back. This is to ground it. This is that Capricorn energy. Again, take the second pentacle of Jupiter, write your petition on the back of it, place it into the mojo back with five-finger grass, cinnamon, bay leaf, master root, deer's tongue. Pray into it, nod it three times, warm it by light of the lamp, anoint it with crown of success, and keep it on your body. Your lamp and your mojo back are ongoing works. Keep that wick trimmed, refill the oil, pray over it, and when you do that with the lamp, that's when you're also going to feed your mojo back your oil. Together, they will help to see you through 2021. They are your ongoing magical work. That's my recommendation. It's a kind of three-part working, starting with a bath and ending with lamp and mojo bag work. Okay. So, and then the the mojo bag, we just wanted to get that list. It was um, five-finger grass, cinnamon, bay leaf, deer's tongue, and Solomon seal. Was that correct? Master root. Master root. Okay. All right. Great. Well, let's add some Solomon seal, too. Why not? (laughs) Yeah, why not? (laughs) That will work with All right. All righty. That's amazing. And thank you, Ollie, for that. Okay. Here's our music. And now it's time for our uh, pre-recorded electronic fiesta music. 
The LMC Radio Network is a media alliance whose excellent shows include The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rootwork Hour with Catherine Ironwood and Conjurman Ollie, Sundays, 3 to 4.30. The Crystal Silence League Hour with John St. Germain, Tuesdays, 5 to 6. The Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron with Elvira Love and Phoenix Le Fay, Fridays, 1 to 2. And Blue Flag Root Radio with Lady Muse, Fridays, 7 to 8. All time specific, add three hours for Eastern, sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. And now it's time to go to our free spell segment with Dr. Jeremy Weiss of templeofmerriam.com in Seattle, Washington. Take it away, Dr. Jeremy. <laughs> Thank you, Evan. Oh my gosh, I almost stepped in and introduced myself. <laughs> and now it's time. To... Oh, sorry. Thank you. Thank you for the lovely introduction. Um, so, uh, and that's what it brings. It, it's, uh, it's a perfect introduction for the topic, which of this spell which brings together uh, the subject matter of which we've been talking and uh, my forgetfulness. Um, uh, w- one of the things in uh, Jewish folk magic uh, is to uh, help uh, to protect your child against the angel or demon, we're, we're not sure which, of forgetfulness. Now, this, this entity's name was is potash or pura? It's kind of debatable, and that means fool, like uh, like what you would see on the tarot cards, a fool. And um, potash is the nemesis of the what we call the Sar Hatorah, which is the angel of memorization and and wisdom and superior thought. And um, in my upcoming book. I have um, uh, 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 some formulations to invoke both of these, uh, to, to invoke the Sar HaTorah as well as to defend against Potah. So we're going to uh, teach the one to defend against Potah, which was said to children um, by parents when sending their children off to school. Interestingly, it's a reductive notaricon. If you don't know what that is, that is a very, very, very old, old technique in magic where you write out or say the name of something, and then you write one letter less or say one letter less, and you keep going, and you reduce the object until it disappears, essentially. So this reductive notaricon is said when sending a child off to school and it's for uh, defense against Pote or Pura, and, uh, which is the entity of forgetfulness. And it is Armimius without the A, Mimius, Imius, Math, Ath, and that's it. And then you kiss your child and send them off. Ah, tell us how to spell the name of that demon of forgetfulness. I understood uh, Pura, well, but... Well, it's phonetic, right? So you can spell it P-O-T-P-O-T-A-H. 
P like wait, wait, hold on. P like Peter. P as in P as in Peter. Yes. Yeah. O and then as what? in yeah. optimistic. T as in terrifying. Mm-hmm. Um and then it's the, the the change in vowel, A or E. Mm-hmm. And then an H. Oh, okay. Pota. Or pota. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, got exactly. it. I'm, I had to put that in the chat. E as in Evan. <laughs> Evan. <laughs> yeah. As I once heard someone say, oh, as in all right. I actually had someone say that to me once. Oh, time. no. <laughs> oh, yes, yes. Oh, as in all right. <laughs> all right. Um, so um, the angel of forgetfulness. Um that's an interesting um, idea that this angel would. It, I mean, it sounds like a demon to me. I, I'd rather call it the demon of forgetfulness. Yeah, I think it was mostly thought of as as a demon, um, but I evil think Sarhatora. Yeah, I think since Sarhatora was an angel, there, there's probably some debate uh, there. Okay, I mean, now it, yeah, the the reductive notericon begins is a different word though. So it's not so tell me about that word. Right. That is an interesting. Now normally what you would you would you would say you uh what we do is you actually take the name of the entity and you yes, reduce Yes, that's it. what I was expecting. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's what I would would be expecting too. And I have looked and looked and looked, and I'm not sure. All I can find, really, um, I can find various other um, protections against pota or pura, and they all uh, often invoke uh, arm, uh, armaments and mm-hmm. as a reduction. And they and the thought is that that might be Hermes or. Uh, oh, or, of course. Or, or, or moosed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ernest, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, good. Now, Ollie's going to jump right in on that one. What do you think, Ollie? Fascinating. Because it's actually interesting. The idea of a demon of forgetfulness or a spirit of forgetfulness is found broadly throughout the Mediterranean. I mean, Hermes is the god of memory and whatnot. But the, there's a jinn of, of forgetfulness as well that exists in it's predominantly North African more than it is sort of Middle Eastern. It's found in Morocco, and it uh, possesses when it possesses a person, it causes what's called a fog over a person's mind. They're unable to recall things. They lose time. So this is a. It's interesting to find the kind of cross cultural points that you find throughout the region, whether in North Africa, the Middle East, or broadly the Mediterranean. The idea of an entity attacking the mind and causing it to be forgetful. Okay, now I'm going to. I, I, I got to ask you this. This. This entity, you said it was a jinn or a demon. What is it? It's a jinn. It's a jinn. It's a jinn, and it is the jinn of forgetfulness. Yeah, it's a name of Latif. And what is? How is that? It, does it have a name? Yes, Hatif. Spell it. H a t i f. It does two things: either creates forgetfulness or it causes confusion. By calling out your name, it's sort of a disembodied voice that says, "Hey, Pat, oh, you know, I know that demon." Uh, yeah. This yes. Voice. Wow, I know that demon well. It just calls your name suddenly from nowhere. Yes. Wow. Yes. 
Thank you. So, and so what do you do against that gin? Uh, there is sort of atro, there's little protection works that you do. You have a, a prayer that's recited when you hear that your name is called, or you wear a talisman to keep you safe from the attacks of the mind. And also bathing of the head is very common, usually done with some type of uh, cooling uh, bath. Wow. Well, but it won't work if you forget to wear the talisman. <laughs> that's very cool. I just love it, you know, when we can share all of these things that come from different indigenous and ancient cultures. All right, and we're cutting into Evan's time, so Evan, talk fast. All right, you get the speedy version. Thank you so much, Miss Cat and Conjurman, and thank you, Dr. Jeremy Weiss of TempleofMerriam.com in Seattle, Washington, for being our guest this week. We invite you to join in next week when our special guest from the Association of Independent Readers and Root Workers will be me, Evan Lionheart, bringing us the topic of rebuilding our communities through conjure. Once again, we've come to the end of another Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Root Work Hour, brought to you by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California. You can find Miss Cat via the Lucky Mojo Forum at forum.luckymojo.com and Conjureman at conjuremanconsulting.com in Mission Viejo, California. Again, I'm your announcer, Evan Leinhardt, joining you from readingsbyevan.com in New Jersey. The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Root Work Hour can be heard every week live on Blog Talk Radio at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern Time, and the shows are available in archive via luckymojo.com forward slash radio show dot html. For all of us here at Lucky Mojo, I'd like to thank you for being here and invite you to tune in once again next week at the same time when we will hear the familiar strains of the Memphis Jug Band playing the Jug Band Waltz. Thanks, everybody. Goodbye. Thank you, Evan. And <laughs> thank you, Dr. Jeremy, for being our guest. And thank you, Conjurman Ali. And thanks to all the people in the chat, who I don't think I have time to call them out, because, you know, we're getting to the end of the song here. But Doc Murphy, thank you. Angela L., Dr. Sweets, Grateful Diana, and... Uh, uh, Robin Ryan Radio, Rue Wolf, Signe DC, Tony I, and everybody else who has come out for this show. And I think it's time to say goodbye. Goodbye, all. Goodbye.